Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. How's it going today? This is Brandon Bickmore, your Turbo Lover with the Minds Gym Podcast. Uh, happy holidays. A um, couple thoughts uh, I have here. Uh, uh, what is a holiday anyways? Um, we're tricked again into believing a holiday is a time uh, when uh, we blow money, exhaust ourselves to find the perfect gift. Um, and is that really what these holidays are about? A uh, couple thoughts here, but take it easy. Maybe gift less, uh, give or gift, give or gift less. My family started doing this several years ago. Um, so now we kind of assemble our funds together and uh, we drop it off at a home unannounced and secretly um, uh, to a family they are struggling on this planet and uh, struggling financially and need a little boost. So uh, what is the real meaning of Christmas? Um, it seems to me it's become a way for all these retailers to uh, figure out a way to get in our pockets and uh, lead us to believe we need more items uh, than we actually do. So make this holiday season as minimally stressful as possible for you. Don't spend too much. Maybe give some love or give some service. Maybe pick a family in need and give them a portion of the money you would have spent on your family or friends. Or simply go to one of those gifting trees and pick a gift for someone less fortunate. So what is Christmas? Well, I don't know. It seems we've been duped a bit. So let's say it's about giving love and service to others. So anyways, let's move on here. I got a uh, lovely guest here today. Um, she uh, has figured out a way to uh, calm her mind uh, and find some solitude uh, with music. Uh, as we bring uh, new guests onto the show, and share new ideas that helps you, the listener, find some peace and a new understanding for your own mind. Hopefully by now you've got a good grasp on your mind, realizing that the mind is the cause of, of every single emotion you, you experience. It's not the person or the stressful event in front of you. It's your mind. And once you get a good understanding of this, your world uh, completely shifts. It's liberating for me to know that I am the cause of all of my feelings and emotions. Yes, it's me. I'm the one who decides the effect of any given stressful event or argument or experience. So with that being said, let me introduce you to this lovely gal, Cheryl B. Engelhart. Um, she reached out to me last week and asked to be on the podcast. She's from New York. She's a music composer and a performing artist. And she found the podcast, the Minds Gym's podcast, intriguing and wanted to share her story and her experience with uh, anxiety and panic attacks. So how are you today, Cheryl? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for uh, reaching out. That uh, means a lot to me. <laughs> um, Cheryl lives in New York. I'm in Sandy, Utah. So this is 
we're attempting this podcast on Zoom. <laughs> Hopefully it all works out, which I'm sure it will. Um, and uh, this will be my first time doing uh, interviewing somebody from out of state. So uh, bear Very with cool. me. I, you're so far so good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so a little bit about Cheryl. She's going to share her story. I'm sure she'll give you a lot more, but I, I like to do a little bit of homework uh, on my guests when I have them on. So I've been studying Cheryl for a couple days. Uh, she's a composer um, and also the author of Luminary, which is a uh, music and affirmations for mindfulness and focus and growth. Um, the New York film commercial and social justice choral composer turned to creating music specifically for self-awareness. And after a dec decade-long struggle with panic, panic attacks and attempts to find uh, music that supported her anxiety and management writing Luminary, uh, which she wrote in a small abandoned mountain town in Greece, uh, which became her solution for uh, resolving her panic attacks she was dealing with. And Cheryl graduated from Cornell University and lives now in New York. So what else can you tell us about yourself, Cheryl? <laughs> I'm left-handed. Uh, oh, <laughs> things that are interesting. Um, Everything's interesting. <laughs> I mean, you, that, that, that was a, a, pretty good, a pretty good summary right there. Um, you know, you t talking about Christmas gifts and, and holiday, you know, sort of the capitalism monster versus giving really for the sake of giving has been interesting to me. And it was something that I've been, I was thinking about specifically in releasing this new record. It's the first time that it's not, all my past work has been very commercial sort of pop stuff, film scores, um, you know, partnering with other bigger things. It's all about the money kind of, kind of angle. Um, and this, this is the first time where I, I felt this urge to get it out before, or have it available to, to listen to or parts to listen to before the holidays. Cause I was like, what, what is something that you could give someone that can, they can use for the rest of the year or the rest of their lives that can give them some peace of mind that can, um, you know, bring them out of a state of anxiety into a place of more calm. And that was this record and it's under $10. It's, it's $5. Oh, <laughs> so cool. part of, part of me was like, Oh, this, this is the, this is the kind of way I want to be thinking about gifts. And like, I don't want it to say, okay, I only spent $5 on you, but I also spent the whole year creating this thing. So my <laughs> spoiler alert, tell my family, you're getting my record. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of something that I'm like, Oh, I wish people would think like that. Like not matter what the cost is, if it's not expensive, but even just sharing a, Hey, this is a really cool video that I watched that really made an impact for me. I want to give this to you. Like that's a gift. And could be free so that is a gift and you're giving of your beautiful self right yeah how neat is that yeah <laughs> hard to beat that yeah for sure so you uh originally as i did some uh background looked into your history a little bit you've have several albums so you had a band yep sounds like you worked at uh, a couple different places uh did some producing with some music for some commercial outfits so tell yep. us a little bit about your background in singing and uh, composing. Uh, kind of where did that all stem from and come from? Sure. Yeah, I grew up playing the piano. So I was one of those kids that was like, I was writing music when I was six, you know, um, always piano music. And then in high school, I sort of found the theater groups and the acapella groups and got into singing a little bit more there. Um, and I sort of carried that through uh, my experience in college. And 
never really saw myself as like a, a singer with a big, great big voice, but I liked being a background singer. And in my twenties, as I started writing songs, um, while I was, I had a day job working at a composing, composing company, writing jingles for commercials and doing some film scoring stuff. Um, they had some great studios. So I was like, Oh, I write these songs. Maybe I should record them since, you know, after everyone goes home at six o'clock, the studios are empty. And I was like, I guess I'll sing them. I mean, just because I didn't really think about that there was anyone else to sing them. So I put a band together and, you know, we did a couple gigs around New York City to sort of practice for the recording. And I was like, oh, I like this gigging thing, you know, playing out. Um, So it was sort of one thing turned to another. Like I wasn't, you know, growing up, I didn't have pictures of rock stars on my walls. It was always dolphins and whales. Like I got a biology degree at Cornell. Like I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be my life. To me, it was always a hobby. My dad was brilliant engineer, but he was one of those guys that could sit down at a piano and play anything like really super innate talent, which I do not have. I had to work for all of my musical talent. I did not do well in music theory in college, but, uh, yeah, it sort of, it sort of was just like a, oh, I guess it's this. Oh, I guess it like it was, it was very unintentional for a while until I did my first record. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to play this game. Um, let's see how, let's see how far we can go. And I did four pop records. I toured all over the um, United States and, and Europe with my band and um, experienced some of my first, my first panic attack was when I was 13, but it, when I was on tour, I definitely had some uh, episodes and I did not know what they were at the time. Um, and now I looking back, I'm like, Oh yeah, I was just having an anxiety attack. That's what that was. Um, and I, you know, before I turned 30, everything was about winning a Grammy. It was like Grammy by 30, like my passwords to my bank accounts were like Grammy by 30. Um, I'm no longer 30. So all those passwords have changed. So don't even, don't even bother trying to find them. But, um, it it was very, it was very telling when I turned 30 that my, like the anxiety and the panic attacks kicked in sort of regularly. Um, I think not having hit that goal, not really having acknowledged how far I had gotten and all the steps I had taken. Um, but none of them were a Grammy. So I sort of discounted all of the work I had done in my twenties. So there was this big, um, uh, what's next for me, anxiety always shows up when I'm worried about what's next and I can't see the future. Um, every time someone asks me what I want for my birthday, I'm like a crystal ball, a crystal ball. You have a crystal ball. Like that sure. is what, I, that is what I would like. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was, you know, that was sort of where I was when I entered my my 30s. I was dating a mountain guide and his career seemed scary and unpredictable as well as mine in the music industry. Um, and, you know, I would have these, you know, panic attacks that showed up when I left my the day job, started to do the own my own thing uh, as a freelance commercial composer and a freelance composer. And they would show up after having a fight with my now husband. Um, you know, conflict sort of took me to that place. And what the panic attacks looked like for me is they were, I don't have general anxiety, which is something where people sort of walk through life about 70% of the time they are feeling anxious. Mine, my experience was that I generally am happy and out of nowhere, I would have this attack. And I, I thought for, for years, I, I thought I had like a digestive issue because it was very physical for me. Um, Mm -hmm. it was a big release. It was very, you know, and I would recover for about two to three days as if I had gotten like this 24 hour food poisoning or something like that. That's, that's how it showed up for me. And it was almost monthly for years. Like it would happen. And then I would start to get anxious about when the anxiety attack would come. So that's, that's never a fun thing, but I know a lot of people with anxiety do suffer with the anxiety around anxiety. Um, 
I don't remember um, what question you asked. I think you asked <laughs> me to tell my story. So I got to where I'm 30. There you go. And, yeah, and just it, about playing in the band. Yeah. <laughs> and in the anxiety attack. So quick yep. question while you're on that. Yeah. So 13 years old, your first anxiety attack. Yeah, I was uh, babysitting and I just How about, yeah, share out. that experience. Um, yeah, I just remember that I had put this kid to bed. I was like a mile from my house and I just started having like heart palpitations and like feeling like a short of breath and like everything was like doomsday. Like for me, that's another big element of, it's like, I lose all hope. And I really started to like, I, I was not one of those kids that knew that thought they were invincible. Like I was very aware of mortality and, and I didn't have anyone die in my family. I mean, my grandmother died when I was six, but nothing like super traumatic or anything like that. Um, I think I was just very aware of what I had and that I could lose it. So I think there is, I have a memory of like worrying about my parents. Um, I remember calling my mom from the house and sort of her talking me, talking me down off of it. Um, but definitely didn't call it a panic attack. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't able to identify that until, you know, a couple of years ago and looking back at where, you know, were they, I was looking at, are they caused by my relationship? Or are they caused by my career? And then I was like, oh, I didn't have either of these two things when I was 13. And I didn't have these two things when I was 21, when I had another one at a train station in Barstow, um, a bus station. I mean, like, I, I can remember being like, okay, like I had the disposition for this. Um, so now it's about being intentional about it and knowing that and sort of seeing it and, knowing that it's trying to tell me something. So when you were 13 though, think back, what were you thinking? You put that child to bed. What was, what were you processing in your mind? Because it's only our thoughts that can cause the panic attack. So what were you actually thinking? Like, what were you fearful about when that? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Um, Yeah. And the panic attacks for me are never like a specific, I'm scared of something all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people that have, do you, do you get panic attacks? I don't get panic attacks. I yeah. just, uh, I would get major anxiety uh, usually when I would get out of bed in the morning. And like I say, I struggled from severe, like crippling anxiety to where I would, you know, wake up dry heaving and oh yeah, uh, dry heaving just the thought of me. going to work. But I know what was causing it was my thoughts about the future, just like you're talking about now. But mm-hmm. I had a specific, specific thought. And if I've sat with people over the last five years, typically there's a specific thought that causes the anxiety to register, kick in. Mm. But you can't think of a specific thought because when you look back on your life, and it's sometimes hard to do, so I know you. we mentioned I talked to you about the Byron Katie work or whatever, but she really nails down and gets you to like, where were you in 13? You put the baby in the bed. What were you thinking as you laid that baby down? Like you had to have a thought because her belief and mine is, as I've researched and studied the mine over the last five years is, is the, the, the body follows the mind. Yeah. So there's got to be a thought there that causes the body to be at unease or discomfort or, you know, go into this, you know, panic state. But you yeah. can't nail down a particular thought. Like, what are you thinking about the future, you know, when you were 13 and then you said when you're 20 or 21? You can't nail down a specific thought. Oh, yeah. I definitely don't remember... Uh, the 13 year old one for sure. Um, and, and part of me thinks that the thoughts tend to be, they definitely were different. And then they sort of became a pattern later when I got into, in my thirties, I I sort of started to see the pattern of the thought. And then 
Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it doesn't even matter what the thought is now that I can prevent my own exa- yeah. anxiety attacks. You I haven't had in two years. So, yeah. What was the pattern of the thought you were having uh, as it, because that's usually what happens too, is we have a, uh, an experience when we were a child and then we keep putting that experience on the now and then it creates a similar panic attack, different experience, but similar. And then it happens now. So what was the regular kind of habitual pattern that you were creating? I think the the pattern from, for me was when there was a decision to be made, um, specifically like, okay, if I got in a a fight with my, my husband, then I would, my go-to thought was, all right, am I staying or am I leaving? You know, (laughs) get a little dramatic. Um, and that's, but that's a big decision. And so the, you know, that, anytime I recognize an anxiety coming up, it would be because I was trying to, trying to decide something that would completely alter my, my future and and cause this big question mark. So that, that was sort of there. Anytime I get something going, that's like very big in my career. Like I've had a couple bigger things happen. Um, I think that, that, always also played into the anxiety. I think my anxiety was trying to tell me for a very long time that it wants me to be safe. And those big positive things mean more people will be looking. There's going to be more negativity to deal with because that's just the nature of the game. Um, And so I think that the anxiety was trying to take me out of my own game so that I would stay at home and not go do the big thing or have the big results. So those were the two patterns, sort of seeing myself like do this, I'm out of here decision-making moment or something positive was coming that could mean something bigger for me, but occurred somewhere in my mind as a threat um, and playing it. I mean, anxiety for me, I think the biggest thing that I got out of it, which is why I allowed it to continue for so long was that it kept me small and playing safe versus going out and actually doing the things that I want to do and making the difference that I want to make. So Cool. Yeah. So um, it sounds like maybe your pattern was making a decision, right? Like, hey, got a big decision to make, you know, uh, mm-hmm. this is going to launch my career left or right, or this is going to launch my relationship up or down. Right. So maybe just making a decision. Have you ever considered, do you really need to make a decision? Oh, well, that's that's part of the work is sort of just like sitting, being being with the emotion rather than having to fix something. Mm-hmm. Um and that came for me, you know, I, I'm on day, what am I, 559 today of, of meditating straight. And that that's so cool. after I started, uh, two months after I started meditating, so that's almost, it's almost two years, right? So about a year and a half ago, um, two months into it, I had my last panic attack. So now I'm talking about having a over a year and a half of not having anxiety attacks or panic attacks. And I, I will feel a little bit of anxiety coming up and I have I'm able to say, okay, let me just like sit with and see myself, sit with the anxiety, see myself, love it. Cause if I resist it, it's just going to stay. So the, the work for me is saying, okay, there's some emotions behind wanting to go and fix it, wanting to go make this decision. What are those? And let's honor those for a second. And that's how they go away is by looking at it and being the person that sees me and not needing someone else to, to do that work for me. Yeah, that's cool. It's nice that you can sit with it and love it because it's usually anxiety is showing us why our mind's off and, and what is it showing you? Why is it showing up? It's only showing up because it wants you to be calm. Have you ever considered that? Anxiety is showing up because it wants me to be calm? Yeah, so it wants yeah. you to show you where your mind's off. And then if you can sit with there and love it and understand it and hear mm-hmm. and listen to it, yeah, then it allows you to make 
better decisions and and, and seeing where your mind's off. Because if if you have anxiety, you're in the future, right? Yep. So anytime you're anxious, you're you're beyond now. Yeah. And the second you go beyond now, um, you're out of balance because you've went beyond now. Yeah. Right? And that's usually what I do is I'll sit and create all these stories about the future. And then that causes my anxiety now. So totally. But yeah, but think about that. Do you just consider this? Do you need, do you need to make a decision ever in your whole entire life? Have you ever needed to make a decision? I actually, I have a funny theory about the word decision. It's like, (laughs) it's no, I think everything is a choice and decision. I mean, decide the word decide ends in C I D E Latin root of like, uh, I don't even know the exact meaning, but to kill something off. So think about it, homicide, suicide, genocide, decide. Um, You're killing something off. So when you have to decide, it's like you're killing off one of the options, meaning you can never get back to it, which is what the, the, why decisions cause so much anxiety versus I'm going to choose this. Like I wake up every day and I choose my husband and tomorrow I don't have to, but today I choose and tomorrow I choose and the next day I choose and yesterday I chose and last week I chose and four years ago I chose and knowing that you can make a choice and then you can make a different choice and then you can make a different choice and you're not killing anything off. So I think the idea of making a decision is in its, in and of itself terrifying because you're killing off portions of what could be your life. And so of course that's going to cause anxiety versus being intentional about the choices that you make. And every day we're making choices. We made a choice to get on zoom today. We made a choice to wear purple or, you know, whatever. Um, but they, they weren't decisions. You know, I can go change into blue if I wanted to. So that's my, that's my thought on, on decisions much more kinder way to make uh make this choice instead of decision but what i notice for me is as i no longer make decisions they're made for me so i don't even have to think about it because i i feel like if you just trust like you as an individual as this soulful kind loving human being you're kind of being guided all the time i believe and so i i wonder if i even make the decisions anyways because like i get up out of bed walk to the bathroom walk into the kitchen Make my morning, you know, sole with lemon and apple cider vinegar. But are you are you really making decisions or are you just kind of following your thoughts? So what I do is just follow my thoughts. And then the, the decision or the choice would be um, make the next right thought. And then I don't get ahead of myself because I literally, I get up every morning and I literally, you're my only appointment today. So I have no idea where my life's going today. So I just wake up and I follow my feet. And if I just follow my feet, I know they're always guiding me in the right direction. And then I really don't need to make a decision because the decisions will be made for me, which is more calming and understanding. But when we believe we need to make a decision or make even a choice, it can be a little bit stressful or just kind of trust your beautiful self is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think trusting yourself is a huge part of it. I'm also a fan of being really intentional. So sort of setting up, okay, what a, what is it that, what's a result that I want to see and how can I go about doing that? And I think taking out, um, I think that, you know, related to anxiety is overwhelm. It's not quite as physically severe for most people, but to feel overwhelmed is to also feel stopped um, by what there is to do in the future. And, and I think the two solutions for overwhelm is to either ask for help or get into action. And it's hard to, to do something if you don't have a plan or haven't been intentional. So, you know, following your feet is one thing, but if you're, you know, up to something and want to see some big results and make a difference, I feel like you have to be intentional in some ways and create a plan and and know yourself enough to 
create that plan around what works. I'm not saying do 10 things today. And if you're someone that's like, I do one appointment a day, then great. But if that's, that's got to be part of your intentional, intentional plan and, and trust yourself to carry the plan out. And that's where the integrity with yourself is. Um, And I think that that, that can, that sort of structure can actually provide a lot of, of calm and peace, uh, especially if you work well with your calendar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like it. Um, so a little bit more about yourself. Um, tell me about the meditation, like what, uh, walk us through that. So this really sounds like it's worked for you. It's uh, mm-hmm. I love, this is the Minds gym podcast. So I love hearing other minds, how they process information, how they calm their anxiety, how they calm their depression. Like what does your morning routine look like if you're doing your meditations in the morning? How long are they? Uh, what are you listening to? Is you listening to your own luminary uh, <laughs> album that you've created? Are you listening on a podcast app? What is it that really works for you? And I will allow you to plug your luminary seat <laughs> album at the end or whatever you want, but uh, oh, walk us through your, sure. your, your morning routine. Yeah. So I think before I even started meditating, I had been doing, you know, I was a biology major in college. So I have a little bit of a scientist still in me, even though I've been in the music industry for almost two decades now. So I, I started researching anxiety and you know, I had done some therapy. I've done some workshops. I've done some diets. I like all, I tried all the things. And one thing that really latched on, um, that I latched onto was this idea of, of gratitude and looking for what's good. Like I used to be that. And I, oh, a little bit still, I'm that person that walks into a room and can see whatever is broken. And then I will go and fix it. Cause I'm a fixer. That was sort of my default. Um, and if there wasn't something broken, I would probably break something just so I could have something to fix like that. <laughs> that's how, that's how it was. Um, and so if I, I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's there's scientific evidence that proves that for, if you were to, to every morning, write down th- three things that you're grateful for and a fourth thing, like your favorite moment in the past 24 hours, like even if it was like a really terrible day yesterday, what was your best favorite moment? You're training your brain to start to look for the, what's good. So I started doing that. I'm on, I am just about to finish my second year because I started in January 1st, two years ago. And I, I have been writing every single day, three things I'm grateful for and my favorite 24 hour moment. So that led me to doing more reading and looking up you know, just a couple weeks later after starting that, looking at all the different meditation apps and, and I am like, I can't sit still. I don't know. Um, I used to have back problems, a lot of back problems that I know was tied into relationships and anxiety and all that stuff. So I started doing just five minutes of yoga in the morning using, um, yoga studio is the app that I use. And so I started that before I even started meditations and they had some meditations and I was like, I don't like these, but I feel like maybe it's just these, maybe there's some better ones. So I downloaded like headspace and calm and simple habit and like all these. And I ended up sticking with simple habit. And that's the app that I've been using for 559 days and they keep track, which is really great. Um, and so in the morning, I, I don't look at my phone. Um, I think that there is some really special space between when you are asleep and when you wake up. And if you can catch yourself in that space, um, before you start to think about all your problems, Kyle says this, he's great. He says that, um, 
you're, we're sort of addicted to problems. And when you start to meditate, the problems go away and then there's just room to receive and room to create and room to love. So why start the day with like all the problems? Cause the second you turn your phone on, you know, you're, you're, you've got problems in your email, you've got problems on Facebook, you've got problems, there's problems everywhere. So I try to just, I get up, I brush my teeth and I go and I write in the journal, which takes me about a minute and a half. Um, I'm not like, I'm not a big journaler. I have a, like a, a binder journal that I've been writing in for 15 years and it's not filled yet. Like it's just a normal journal. Um, you know, it kind of like looks like this, but I write in it like maybe twice a year when I have something that's like pulling on my heart. So I'm not a journaler. So like I have three lines, boop, boop, boop. I write these things out, just a couple words. And then my 24 hour moment, I do my yoga, which I'll either do between five and 10 minutes. Occasionally I'll do one of the like 20 minute ones, but it's usually just to stretch out. I'll do some sort of exercise. Um, I like to, I'm really good with challenges. Like I have very great willpower. So all of October, for example, I was like, I'm going to run a minimum of a mile a day every single day. So I did that. And then I did this like push up, sit up challenge for November. And now I'm in this like seven minute thing. And I like short things. I like, so I'll do that. Um, so, so we've got my minute and a half of writing journal, five minutes of yoga, seven minute little workout, and then a minimum of five minutes meditation. I have been, uh, doing an hour recently and, um, sometimes I'll do half an hour. Sometimes I'll do 10 minutes when I do a shorter one. Um, the, the luminary affirmations, which is, um, the music I wrote, the record is called luminary. It's just music, six minute pieces that bring you from wherever you're at. So they start a little darker. So you might have feeling anxious and you listen to it and you sort of latch on and then it takes you to a place of calm and peace. So each piece has a different theme, whether it's releasing anxiety, releasing negativity, attracting love, attra- it's releasing or attracting something, attracting abundance, attracting self-confidence. Um, but I did create, uh, depending on what topic it was, a series of affirmations. I am positive. I am statements and recorded those and created the luminary affirmations. So it's the music with these spoken affirmations and those are now on simple habit which is very cool. And so I get to actually like my meditation is getting to listen to myself, which is fun. Unless I'm doing the hour one, in which case I just, I do it with silence and I put their timer on. Um, um, Or I have like a light piano music, but that's, that's going to be my next project is to create longer, um, longer meditations that also take you on a journey. So yeah, that's, that's the morning. That's the morning routine. Um, I do sit and meditate when for five minutes or do a 10 minute, Thing. A simple habit has a ton of really great, great ones. Um, I can share a link with you that gets you. A, they have some that are paid, some are free. I can give you the free link if you want to share that with your listeners. But Love they um, they have great ones if you're feeling triggered or some or a lot of stuff for anxiety. So you know if it's the middle of the afternoon and I'm sort of feeling like it might be there in the distance, I definitely do that. And the breathing is really important. That's just there's all the physiology behind you know, why just taking deep breath can change that fight or flight instinct and, um, sort of take a moment with all the, the stress hormones will go, you know, there's, there's so many great things about just taking a breath, which which the meditation also helps me with. So, so cool. That's so neat. So anywhere from say 15 minutes to sometimes 90 minutes, depending on, um, what, I've never done 90 minutes, so it's well, actually five minutes I mean, as far as your routine, your routine. Oh, oh, the routine total. Yeah. 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 You got your exercise in there. Totally. Yeah. I would say it's like a 23 minute routine on average. Um, and 
it's always done first thing in the morning. I have a couple times like, oh, I had to get up and do this and let's dog out and go grab this thing. And I will almost forget to come back to it. It's a very scary feeling if I'm like, oh, I'm at day 559. I'm not going to miss today. Oh, so I, I know that it feels better to just do it in the morning and set yeah. the day out. So do you, are you an early riser? Not really. Um, I'm pretty flexible with my sleep. I sleep well, which I'm really grateful for. My husband's home. He sleeps a lot because he's always tired from the mountains. So I try to, um, you know, I sort of shift my schedule to his. But when I'm when I'm home and it's just me, I'm I'm kind of I can do the late night thing. I can set an alarm and get up and be bright eyed and bushy tailed. Like I'm not. I, I know how to deal with not a lot of sleep. But uh, like today, I woke up at seven and I was kind of like up literally two minutes before my alarm went off. So I don't, I don't know. I have a internal clock, but I wouldn't call myself. I just not like I get up at four 30 and meditate for two hours. Like that's not, I'm not doing that. You know, you mentioned your internal clock. Uh, don't you think everybody has one of those? Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. Mine is, I think the amount of, uh, control you have over it is, is relative to how self-aware you are. Um, and what sort of work you've done for your own mindfulness. Consider if you have an internal clock, something making the decisions for you while you're sleeping. So couldn't some also make the decisions for you while you're awake? Maybe. Interesting if we can thought. access that, yeah, that same it, subconscious. Maybe yeah. it is anyways, and we're just fighting it. Yeah, it might be. I mean, I think it's really important to be really, think really positively. And I, like right before you fall asleep, like really create in your head, in, in the future, so this is what I do. In the future, uh, I pretend it's in the future. So for example, I am so grateful that Luminary hit number one on the new age charts, which is my intention for what's happening in February. <laughs> and so I fall asleep and I say, I'm, I'm so excited that that happened. As if I'm, I'm, you know, I'm letting my brain sort of say, okay, this is a thing that's gonna happen. Now we just need to do it, like solve the problems to make, to make sure it happens. And then while I'm sleeping, that sort of just becomes the reality. And I think there is an element of also like connecting with the universe or God or whatever your version of the universe is and sort of being in partnership there and being open to like while you sleep, who knows what happens? Like we don't know, like there've been so many studies on sleep and it's one of the big mysteries, what is happening. So you might as well start positive, put it out there, say the prayer, do all the things, right? Uh, Yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why people pray before bed. Um, there's something about that working. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's interesting to think about the dream sleep, you know. And are, mm-hmm. we, are we dreaming now or are we dreaming when we're sleeping? That's another thought I have often. I'm pretty sure we're dreaming when we're sleeping, but that's are just me. Sh- are you sure? Think yeah. about it. I think we're dreaming now because everything we see out there, we're putting a perception on that's all created by our imagination. So wouldn't we be also dreaming now? I don't know if I agree with any of those statements. So maybe we move on. Interesting. (laughs) It's a crazy thought. I think everything's created by our minds, which creates imagination about what you're seeing and what's going on in your reality. You know, everything's kind of imagined. Hard to hard to hear sometimes but when you sit back and think about it like I'm looking at you you're looking at me it's on a video screen but we both our imagination are creating I'm creating what you look like in my mind and you're creating what I look like in your mind which I call imagination yeah I don't think so I think I'm actually looking at you but that's okay (laughs) and is that me or is that a human being on a tv screen kind of like a movie that me being projected onto a 
So is that actually me or is it me or is it imagination? It's a, it's a big topic that Byron Katie goes over. She believes we imagine everything. And if you really break it down, it's, it's really hard, hard for me to argue. I won't argue it too, but as I process it, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> crazy thought. Here again, we imagine anxiety and we imagine depression because we have a crazy imagination in the future that causes our anxiety now. So I think all of our world is created by kind of our perception or the movie that we're throwing out to uh, the universe, whatever yeah. that may be. I love your thoughts on your journal, mm. uh, your gratitude journal. It's so cool. I actually just started doing that. Um, and I don't know if I read something you wrote or I, cause I started, I don't know if I started right when I talked to you before, but it's so crazy to think when you're sitting there thinking about what's positive and what you're thankful for, you can't have a negative thought. Yeah. You know? So I love that you do that. Um, I love the 24-hour thing you mentioned about write down what your favorite thing was in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Here again, we're just transforming, changing the neurons in our brain to go, okay, let's think what's, what, what's the benefit and yeah. what's been going on. I think that's so cool that you do that. Thanks. Great, yeah, I'm actually creating share. a journal because I've looked for journals that sort of have space to, I'm a big fan of also affirmations, obviously I've created a whole series of them, but to write down, you know, for the week or for two days, whatever, just sort of an affirmation that you're going to believe about yourself. Cause we don't think of ourselves often and with very positive words. And so if mm-hmm. you see that on the top of the page, like this is my, my mantra, or this is the manifest, this is the goal for the week or whatever you, it is for you. Three things, the, the affirmation, um, like, I also think it's important as soon as you wake up to write down any just quick images from any dreams you had, because it's something that your subconscious is telling you and it's going to keep telling it to you until you recognize it. So I feel like writing it out is a way to sort of pull it from the subconscious. Um, so like I, I, you know, I'm going to create this journal that I'm, I literally just printed the the prototype right now, but it's got sl- little slots for all of this, but it's not pages and pages of prompts and you don't have to sit there and write paragraphs and like, you know, do journaling if that's not your thing. Cause I know there are tons of journals out there and I, and I've looked and I've bought so many journals and they're either, there's too much writing. I don't want to sit down and have a writing morning or the one that I've been using is too little. It doesn't have enough space for all of the things I want. So I have created this journal that it's like, you know, it's this normal size six by nine and it's half the page is one day. And it's just the things you want to do little checkbox to do my yoga meditation checkbox. So you can have your little to-do list for your morning routine. There's a space for other, if you have something else that's important to you, like maybe you want to always drink eight gallons of water or whatever. (laughs) It's a lot of water, but, um, so I, I'm sort of, that's sort of my next step is to create the luminary journal for people that don't like journaling, (laughs) but know that there's something there's something to it and don't want to be overwhelmed by it, but it will play into the record and the affirmations and all these things will sort of tie together. So you're attempting to simplify the journaling process. Yeah. Make it simple for humans to be able to do it. Make it simple and and have it be based in science. Um, So I, the introduction to the journal, I, you know, I wrote, uh, for each element, like why it's there specifically, not just because I wanted it there, but here's the science that says for for those people that are like, well, I need proof. Um, cause you know, there are some people that are just like, sure, I'll journal. No problem. But other people are like, I need to know why this is important. And so I, each one of those elements has, has some physiology, physiological or biological reason that it should be part of a daily routine. And it's not going to be overwhelming. It's not going to take more than 20 minutes. Yeah. So. That's so cool. It's a great idea. Thanks. And you kind of 
launch it out there to the world with your luminary album or separate this is um separate it, it will be separate the album is our is ready to go it's ready for for pre-order which means um the pre-orders count towards getting it on the billboard charts which means it will get heard by more people um but it's actually launching February 7th, but at IamIlluminary.com, that's the website for all of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. When you pre-order it, you can get it on iTunes or Amazon or a place called Bandcamp. Um, it's $5 there. And if you get it on Bandcamp, you get an email with a file that has all of the affirmations as well as some like art, um, like for your desktop on your computer, mm-hmm. sort of inspiring. It says, I am a luminary, which the word luminary means, um, it has three different definitions. I actually chose it as my word of the year and didn't know it was going to be the album title, but I just sort of loved the idea. It's, um, it means someone who's a, an expert in their field. It also means the source of light. And the third definition is uh, a light, specifically a celestial being, like a moon or a star or a sun. And so I really liked all three of those. And um, they, it really called to me to, to be the source of my own light and to be the person that sees me and to, that I can be the source of my happiness, my calmness, my power, um, which is why the record luminary it's piano and some humming and vocal stuff. And then a bell, like it's, that's the source of it. But I, I sort of reverse some of the sounds. I do interesting things with it. So it actually sounds like there's some cellos and synthesizers and it's not true. It's, it's the source is just this very pure thing, which is this piano and a voice, which, you know, fairly pure. So the whole idea of just being the source of your own light, I am a luminary and all the affirmations, every single one of them ends with, I am a luminary. So it's, it's something to kind of try to ingrain in ourselves. Like, yeah, I am the light. Even if I'm in this place of darkness, if I shine, like the second you turn, you light a candle or a match in a dark room, the darkness is dispelled. For sure. You're the light. You're the creator of your world, right? Mind yeah. creates the light and the darkness. Um, do you uh, practice, you mentioned, uh, are you a religious gal or spiritual gal? I think there's a difference. Um, I definitely am spiritual in the sense that I know I am not the end all be all here. There's something bigger out there. Um, I grew up um, just very, like going to this little country church congregational church where everyone of all sorts of walks of life came. And that was very comforting. Um, I looked for something similar in college. I couldn't find it. So I sort of went away from that um, Christianity direction. Um, I still go to church uh, every once in a while and and always enjoy it. But I think for me, it's definitely more about um, the spirituality of it. And just knowing that, like, I believe in souls, I believe in all that stuff. I, I definitely have an element of believing even in, in, magic and partnership with the universe partnership with the universe and with god so that it feels magical not that that, you know i'm doing witchcraft or anything and i and i think a lot of people think that those that religion is separate from spirituality is separate from personal development is separate from um you know witchcraft and i don't think that's true i think that if you are looking at something bigger than yourself like all that stuff is going to connect somehow yeah i think everything's magical unless um we're thinking otherwise right unless we're Mm -hmm. thinking and believing something else yeah i don't know when i sit back and just watch my world like i say every day and i just watch myself move it's all magical it's completely magical until i have a negative thought and then it brings me out of my magical self right yeah happy loving kind and then i go into my uh 
stressful story, but yeah, I think life is magical. The universe is magical. Yeah. Whatever that may be. Um, I did listen to some of your um, I am affirmations. I did listen to some of your Luminary uh, album. I found it online wherever and listened to it. They're neat. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. They are. They're magical. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So the universe is working through you and you are creating magic. Hmm. I I hope so. That's the the goal. So thank you. You really are. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about your husband. We spoke on the phone the other day. Um, he sounds like a very interesting human being. Um, <laughs> he's he's a guide, right? Yeah, he guides people up mountains, ice climbing and rock climbing and ski mountaineering, yeah. and uh, teaches teaches a lot of courses to people that want to become mountain guides. So he he's yeah. on that instructor pool. And uh, tell me again, he kind of flies around the United States mm-hmm. and doing guides in different states. And uh, walk me through a a guiding experience or where does he hang out mostly? What state is he most successful? Um, I don't know. Uh, he does a lot of work in the winter in New Hampshire. Right now he's in Colorado. Um, sometimes they have courses in Joshua tree, rock climbing courses. So he'll be out there. Um, you know, right here in, in, in New York, there's rock climbing. So he, mm-hmm. he does spend a good amount of time here in Chamonix, France, which where Mont Blanc is, he does a little work there. And then Italy, so kind of all over the place, depending on the season. It's definitely a seasonal thing. Yeah, is it his company? Yep. Or does he work for somebody? It's just his. Does it's he have his employees? Um, he occasionally he'll depending on the trip if he needs to have the ratio higher, the number of guides to clients he he has people that he hires. Hmm, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, he has a, he leads an interesting life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's out <laughs> doing extreme stuff. Did you did you mention was he in an avalanche? He was. Yeah, he was. Yep, before I met him. Really? Yeah, he like ran his way out of it. Oh, so he he wasn't buried completely or no, whatever. Just escaped it. Luckily, Just in it, going cool. down with it. And how long have you been with him? Uh, we've been together for twelve years, married for seven. Cool, awesome. Um, if you could have a conversation with your higher being or God, whatever your belief system is. What's like one or two things you would like to ask? What's it going to look like? Well, how's that all going to turn out? <laughs> My crystal ball. <laughs> like, where's that ball, right? Yeah. I need that crystal ball. Maybe, so maybe it's not even what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe it's where is the ball? Where yeah. I will go on the quest. Yes. Bring, yeah. Absolutely. I'll go grab a hobbit and a couple dwarves yeah. and we will go on a quest. Lord yeah. of the Rings style for the crystal yeah. ball. <laughs> then you'll have it all figured out, right? Yeah. No more choices, no more decisions. You just, you, you got it all. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, anything else you want to share? No, thank you so much for experience. this conversation. Um, yeah. If people are interested in, you can listen to some of it for free. If you want to pre-order and help make a dream come true, yeah. you can go, all the things are available on IamIlluminary.com. Um, there's a YouTube channel. You can listen to it for free. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, all hopefully inspiring and uh, we'd love to hear from anyone that, has thoughts about it yeah and how could they contact you if they'd like to contact you um i'm a big fan of interacting on on instagram i am a luminary so you can go there and follow me i just started that account so it's it's sort of new but i love i love instagram my personal one is cbe music so either one um and that's that's a great way to to reach out and i'm always saying all the things that i'm doing um that way yeah lovely um, I like to leave my listeners with a little bit of homework for the week. And you gave us some already, which I'll 
recap, but is there anything else that you'd want to mention to what they could do to help manage their um, anxiety? Anything I think the, your mind? the first thing you should do if you feel it coming on, and I say this not because I, 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 I say this because I wish I created the, the man, the affirmation for anxiety because I, I, it's my first line of defense and I didn't have one that, that did that, that sort of met me where I was. And then in six minutes took me to a different place. So I would just go on YouTube and, and look up my affirmations for anxiety. If you feel it coming on and it's, it's literally, it's six minutes. And if it, if it takes you just slightly out of it um, and just know that I'm someone who I like, as you're listening to my voice, I have been there and I understand. So you're not alone right there. And then if you can somehow say those things back to yourself and, and become the bigger voice. Yeah. I think it would make a difference. So I, I know that's a little self-serving for me to send, but I'm sending you to YouTube where it's totally free. Um, yeah. Go to that one. Again, it's it's actually also on iamaluminary.com. If you scroll down, I, I posted that video there. So you could you could easily find that and not have to search YouTube, which is, there's so much stuff on YouTube. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and tell us just a little bit about the music. Um, do you know if there's any science behind it or however that works? Because I, as I, I mentioned to you when we chatted last week, my father-in-law donates um and assists a little music program here in in uh salt lake city utah and we always talk about how mute how moving music is like it can literally move your soul so what is your thoughts on music and and how it actually moves you as a human being yeah i think it's it's one of the biggest underrated manipulators of our time uh i think not even of our time of all time. Uh, I mean, if you go to a movie and you watch it without the music, like Jaws is not a scary movie. It is not. It is so funny if you watch it without the music, but then you get that donut, donut, that tension and the, like, then it is terrifying. I actually had a project in college that I did where I rescored a scene there uh, and made it look like a romantic comedy. And it's, it's a hundred percent possible. Someone did the shining and they turned the shining into a, like, another kind of like drama, but not, not scary at all. Um, I took the sound of music and turned it into a thriller. Like there, music is so, so emotionally manipulative in, in a good way. Um, and it's why, you know, if you've just going through a breakup and you're in a coffee shop, every song makes you want to cry. It's why, you know, like there, it, it sort of pulls you from where you are and like either enhances what's going on for you in your life or it, it can take you to a place of uh, memory, like nostalgia is huge. I mean, there's so much science behind Alzheimer's patients listening to music from their earlier days and being able to recall memories. And um, so there, there definitely is, is a lot uh, to do with music, which is why I think it's good to be intentional about how you want to use it. And that's why I was intentional about how I wrote this, this record. Um, I did get into a little bit of energetic uh, science, sort of the left side of the body accessing a little bit more of the, that's considered more of the feminine side, you know, we're right brain, left brain, and then the right side having more of the masculine and everyone has both obviously. Um, but there's some science that says that if you're not, it's science mixed in with some energetic work um, where they've done the, like, you know, the infrared sort of seeing where the, the energy of the body is. Um, but there's a theory that, that, you have to activate the masculine, the activate the feminine before you can really access the true power of the masculine. So you'll hear in some of my tracks that the the sound, if you're wearing headphones, the sound will go from the left side to the right side a little bit over the six minutes. It's very subtle, um, but it's almost like 
calling to this left side and making the left side listen a little bit more and then bringing it over to the right side. Um, so I sort of worked in some things like that just very, very subtly to, because here's the thing, like no one's arguing it. You know, if someone says, oh, well, that's not true. They're not saying the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm of the, hey, we don't actually know what's out there. And some of this stuff is like sort of proven, but if it works, why not? You know, it's not going to hurt. Um, so I think that's sort of my take with, with music and it's emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little subjective. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for sharing your musical world with us. You're sure. obviously a very talented, um, uh, beautiful young lady. And uh, thanks for sharing uh, you know, all that information with us. And thanks for putting the luminary out there. And I'm sure you're going to change a lot of lives. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. So cool. Yeah, thanks for doing that. I'm going to share a little bit of homework for the listeners. So just give me one minute here. So Cheryl's recording this for us. <laughs> on her zoom app so she's gonna have to be patient here for just one or two more minutes while i Great. walk uh, the listeners through some homework for the week so here's your homework um uh listeners wake up and uh do some morning meditation just like uh, cheryl mentioned mentioned five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes wherever you can squeeze in even if you've got to get up a few minutes early and maybe even specifically listen to cheryl's luminary album Purchase that or listen to it where you can find it and see how it starts your day off. And then here's your second uh, bit of homework for the week. Do not stress yourself out over these holidays, okay? Make your holiday fun like it's supposed to be. Relax. No one needs anything. If you need to do anything, give maybe cash if necessary. It saves on gas, saves you shopping, saves you stress. And it saves you from thinking about buying the perfect gift. So there's a couple uh, 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 bits of homework for the week. Hopefully you guys enjoy, enjoy your holidays. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mindship Podcast. And I really want to thank you all for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to the podcast. Uh, please subscribe, share it with all your friends. Don't forget your natural state of being is peace and love. And if you're experiencing anything other than that, you're out of balance. And that's when you need to question your mind, sit down, meditate, breathe deep, you know, whatever it takes. Um, if you have any questions, you can t- contact me on Instagram or email me at themindsgym at gmail.com like Cheryl did. And I really do appreciate Cheryl reaching out to me. That was uh, so kind of you. Uh, it was an exciting email to read. Um, very well written. And uh, it's nice to know that uh, this is getting out there you know, to the world. You wonder who's looking it up, who it's benefiting. And and I think I read something when I was researching you, if we can change one person's life and get them to look at the world a little, little differently, we've done our job. So you've definitely done your job. Hmm. And uh, by sharing, uh, you know, your, your expertise and uh, hopefully uh, you and I can change one more human being's lives today. So, uh, Now I challenge you all to go exercise that lovely mind of yours and start meditating. And Cheryl has confirmed that meditation works. Give yourself a break and uh, happy holidays to you all. Beautiful souls. I love you all and peace out. And thank you again, Cheryl. Have an absolutely wonderful day. And I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend with me. Uh, I found uh, and met another new beautiful friend and I thank you. Thanks. Have a beautiful day, all. Thanks. Peace out.